everyone, Laura K. Buzz here, and it's 2020, it's a brand new year, it's a brand new decade, and we all know what that means. It's time for everyone to look back at what's happened before, look forward at what's going to happen, and to do that thing we do as humans, where we go, the, the time ticked over, what's, what now? Uh, 2020 is going to be a really interesting year for the video game industry, because as many of you will know, we've got two brand new consoles coming out at the end of the year. We've got the PlayStation 5 and the Xbox Series X. And while a lot of this year is going to be spent talking about the usual things we talk about when new consoles are happening, who's getting what games, who's got the better box, what exclusives are coming to which platform, I think now's a really good time for us to talk about something else that's important in 2020, particularly with these new consoles coming out, which is accessibility. Because brand new consoles means a brand new opportunity for us to address a lot of basic accessibility issues in video games. So I'm going to talk about some things that we know are going to be good about the next generation of consoles for accessibility. Some things that we know are a bit concerning and we need to maybe look at closer. And then the big things that people are requesting that are really easy fixes that we need to get on top of in 2020 and just get sorted out. A little over a year ago, Microsoft released the Xbox Adaptive Controller, a mass-produced modular controller base which supported first- and third-party peripherals designed to try and make accessible gaming custom setups affordable for a wider range of disabled gamers. While it's not a one-size-fits-all solution, and still more expensive than a standard Xbox controller, it's undeniably a step in the right direction lowering the barrier to entry price for custom gaming setups, and featuring thoughtful design choices such as packaging designed to be accessible just like the controller inside. One thing to be excited about in terms of accessibility in gaming this year is that Microsoft has already confirmed that all Xbox One controllers, including the adaptive controller, will be supported going forward into the Xbox Series X. This means that when the newest Microsoft console releases toward the end of 2020, it will be the first time we have ever seen a next-generation console launch with an accessibility-focused controller solution available day one. Additionally, because the existing adaptive controller is supported, rather than a new design being released, people who have already invested in an expensive accessible controller won't have to make that controller purchase a second time due to forced obsolescence. This is undeniably a positive moment for gaming. While we don't know a huge amount about the PlayStation 5 right now, one feature we have had described by reporters is the existence of resistive triggers on the new DualShock controller, which could potentially cause some issues for accessibility if not made an optional feature. The way the feature was described is that in real time, the controller's triggers may become more difficult to push, mimicking the sensation of things like having to pull harder against a bowstring the further you want an arrow to fire. The idea sounds really interesting as an immersion tool, but as reported in a previous article on laurakbuzz.com, linked down in the description, a whole host of players, including those with arthritis, chronic joint pain, as well as people with wrist or general hand weakness, could find having to push through a trigger that's pushing back to be a painful, exhausting, or just plain impossible experience. Obviously, we need to wait and see what the execution is like, but this is one concern on our 2020 radar that we really hope to see addressed prior to the launch of the PlayStation 5. Earlier this week, I went on Twitter and asked a bunch of gamers I know who either have disabilities or accessibility needs what they would like to see in 2020 and from the new series of consoles in terms of helping them with accessibility. 
The answers I got were really clear and concise, the same few things just kept popping up again and again and again. Of the gamers that I spoke to, the most requested features for accessibility were remappable controls, adjustable text and UI sizes, colour blindness modes, and the ability to skip or to make easier quick time events. Particularly, a lot of people stated they really want these things to be standardised across the industry as opposed to on a game-by-game -game basis. So, let's break down each of these oft-requested accessibility changes, why they're so important, and where current options might be falling short. First up is remappable controls, and it's easy to see why these should be a standardised option across the industry. On PC, most video games have allowed custom remapping of controllers for years, because of the non-standardised layout of input devices available to players. There is no one official PC controller, or one official keyboard layout, meaning that whatever your default control scheme, it might not map well to someone's cheap off-brand controller, or comfortably to their keyboard where everything's slightly differently spaced. On consoles, games tend to offer preset controller layouts, but fully remappable controls are far from an industry standard. There are always going to be games out there which decide to map controls to things like motions, and party games like Super Mario Party which can't really remap their arm wiggling motions easily to sticks or buttons, but in a game controlled purely with traditional inputs, there is no reason not to allow those buttons and their functions to be switched around by the player. Allowing for full custom layouts allows for players to do things like moving all of their most vital functions to one side of the controller if they might have issues using one of their hands effectively, or to move a vital function away from a single button that they might find difficult to press easily. Custom controller layout options allow more people to more easily use the same in-game actions as others, and this is something that would be great to see implemented on a system level with both of the new consoles, if not made a certification requirement for games on those platforms. Next up, let's talk about colourblind support. Varying forms of colourblindness affect a significant number of gamers, from the more common forms of red and green colourblindness to less common forms where people may only see the world in grayscale. While there are some games that offer modes which switch up colours to try and ensure that they're still playable by colourblind users, these tend to be games where telling the difference between two colours has very obvious gameplay implications, such as colour matching puzzle games. These modes often focus simply on types of red and green colourblindness modes, and often get left out of games where distinguishing between colours would be highly useful, but isn't strictly vital. Support for colourblind players really is as simple as knowing in advance that colourblindness exists, checking your colour schemes against colourblindness filter programs to see if they remain easy to interpret, and keeping in mind that if you use, for example, red and green together in a scene, things like the level of light or darkness in the shade can be a useful tool to ensure players can still understand what's happening on screen. It's a problem that we need artists on games to consider as part of their production pipeline from day one, in order to know where fixes might need to be applied. Colourblindness is a common enough issue, with simple enough fixes, that it would be a great step forward to see colourblind modes or screen filters standardised for this generation of consoles to help those gamers. Now, let's talk about text and UI sizes. This isn't entirely a new issue in gaming, we faced it before in our industry, but it's rimming its head again for many of the same reasons it did previously. 
If you look back at the launch period for the Xbox 360 and the PlayStation 3, when HDTVs were available, and they were definitely the future, but they were far from mass adopted, many users playing games had trouble reading on-screen text and UI elements with ease. This was in large part because early games for those platforms were developed for large HD screens, and not for smaller or standard definition screens. Today we're seeing the same issue again as more games are developed for large 4K screens rather than people's existing HD TVs. This is a recurrent issue in this industry where consoles take steps forward into the future and try to show off the top end of what they can do on new hardware before mass adoption of these new screens has really caught up. And it's an issue we need more developers to consider properly when making these early next gen games. I understand you want your games to look as good as possible on the best possible new supported TVs to really show off what you're doing, but bear in mind, you need to support gamers who may not have moved on to those new sets yet. However, the issue of text and UI size and clarity stretches beyond that of simply the transition to, into a 4K era. Sure, for the average player this is starting to cause issues reading text, but even in games that most players find the text easy to read in, we still need to address text and UI in a more inclusive fashion. Put simply, as subtitles and UI in games are typically not pre-rendered elements, we should be asking for developers to, where possible, treat them as something more customisable, to better serve more players. I'm talking about the ability to increase the size of subtitles, increase the font size of in-game text logs, increase UI size, set a background behind subtitles, change the colour of text, change the colour behind the subtitles, and basically just mess around with text settings so that things are easier to read for a wider number of players. We need more systems to offer settings like the screen zoom feature on Switch, which allows specific sections of the screen to be magnified temporarily. We need standardisation of on-screen visual cues for audio important moments. We really need to invest in making our text and subtitle options more adaptable, so that we can help a wider number of players to tell what's happening in game text and UI. Making this a standard on the new consoles would be a huge step forward for gaming accessibility. The last change I would love to see become standardised, rather than simply an option some games choose to offer, is options which simplify quick-time event execution for players who may struggle to either react quickly or mash one button repeatedly. Now, over the past few years, an increasing number of games have gone out of their way to support accessibility options for quick-time events. Spider-Man on PS4, and the recent multi-platform release of Man of Medan for example, both allow players to hold down a button rather than mashing it during quick-time events, as well as offering the option to turn off timer-based failures during quick-time events, which both help a lot in terms of making those games playable by more people. While it would be great to see more games offer Celeste levels of customising your game speed, ability cooldowns, your health, invincibility frames, things like that to increase playability for more players, that sort of customised difficulty feels difficult to enforce on a wide scale. But quick time button holds and timer removals in single player games are pretty unanimously good settings to offer players, and seeing them made a standard in the industry would be a simple but powerful step forward for accessibility. Lastly, let's talk about one area of gaming that's unlikely to see massive steps forward in accessibility in 2020. VR. With the release of standalone VR devices like the Oculus Quest, VR is getting ever cheaper, more convenient, more accurate, 
and closer to being a mass-market appeal product. However, as has always been the case for VR, it comes with some major accessibility hurdles, particularly considering the direction the VR space is trending. Most VR headsets being developed today are geared towards supporting, and in many cases requiring, room-scale play, where players stand up in a room with plenty of free space, rotate and move around in 3D space, use two hands to motion control the world, and are built very much around a lot of standardised assumptions of player height and player movement ability. Very few VR games offer customisable controls, and those which do often don't fundamentally allow players to do things like play one-handed or play without motion controls. Additionally, VR games require the ability to see in stereoscopic 3D to function effectively, and cause motion sickness for a lot of players, both of which are tough access barriers to overcome. This doesn't seem likely to change in the coming year, and would require more radical thought to see revamp to move forwards with. Don't get me wrong, I would love to see someone come up with a good solution for how we can make VR gaming more accessible, but I don't think it's as simple as suggesting an option in a menu that could be universally applied to all VR headsets this year that would fix all these problems. With all that said, I'm actually feeling really optimistic about 2020 as a year for accessibility in games. The fact that the Xbox Series X is launching alongside an already available accessibility controller is a great moment for this industry, and the things that are consistently being asked for that would improve gaming for people, uh, the, the things that are coming up time and time again, they're software-level fixes. They're fixes that don't require huge overhauls for the way people make games, they're really simple, achievable things, and I think if we start asking for them now, if we make it clear that these are things that we want, that these are things that need to be standardised, I think they're really achievable. I, I don't know if we'll make them all happen, but I think we could definitely see these happen with the next generation of consoles if we start talking about these desires now. Video games are great, and the more people who can play them, the better, and... I just hope that some of these things get to see the light of day sooner than later. If you've enjoyed this video and would like to support the creation of more work like this, please consider supporting me with a dollar or more a month on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Laura K Buzz.